Walkie legend, kill blacks. Welcome to ES3N, the essential sports network hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your trio of co-hosts, Chris 414 Lepo. With me as always are my partners in crime, my brothers from another mother, Markelio Logic Atkins. Yes, yes, y'all. And Richie, Dub Bears, Donnell. What up, what up? And folks, today we're going to hit you with our little state of sports. There's kind of been a lot going on. Basketball season's right around the corner, so we're not going to get really too involved with that. We will dedicate a whole episode to that, especially after we do the annual ES3N Fantasy Basketball Draft. But today we are going to take a look a little bit at the baseball playoffs and talk a little bit about what's going on in the NFL. Fellas. You know, I, let's just jump right into it here. When I'm talking baseball here, I, I, I'm going to do a little gloated because I know I've got a room full of uh, Brewers fans here. The Brewers clinched the Central Division, right? Probably the best record in a while. I mean, they've had some pretty good seasons the last five years. I want to say they've made the playoffs, what, four years in a row now, five? I think it's four out of five like that right so something like that i mean they've made it quite a few years in a row last year was kind of a gift uh i don't know we who thought that the brewers are going to make it this far because they're doing it with like a ragtag band of fielders like if you could name who's at first and third on a regular night you <laughs> you should really man you're go play the lotto because you're picking you, you could just pick shit out of thin air all yes. right. I, Speaking of Lotto, the Lotto is like six hundred and what forty-seven million, something ooh, outrageous. Some yeah. we need some tickets around here, guys. I'm about to say, let's go get them tickets. Now, yeah, that was, I'm sorry, folks. ES3N has now been concluded. We'll be back tomorrow <laughs> after and if we've hit the power button. Up. But seriously, so you know, the Brewers had a stellar year. So I'm going to tell just one more thing about that. Corbin Birds posted the league best. Um, ERA of something like 2.35. It is the first time in Brewers franchise history that a pitcher has had that good of a season. Richie, I, I, this is where I'm going to give you kudos, man, because I thought I didn't think the Brewers pitching could get it done. And when you said the Brewers are going to be as good as their pitching staff was, Corbin Broods, Corbin Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. These guys showed me something this year. Yeah. Uh, really, I just cannot believe it. But, man, Richie, you were right on the money. The Brewers pitching absolutely carried him into the playoffs. Um, Would have liked to see him ride a little bit of a more of a hot streak. Um, you know, I mean, the Cardinals are fucking hot right now. Are fucking hot. But, uh, you know, fellas, anything you want to add to the Brewers season? Man, it's, it's just been an amazing ride. I mean, if, you, if we would have talked about this at the end of last year, <laughs> I'd have been like, uh, we're not, it's nowhere we're going to make it to the playoffs this year. So to, to see the success that they've had and, you know, to, to, to remain constant because it wasn't like, you know, they had, they finished strong, even though we had the bad series against St. Louis, but who didn't have a bad series against St. Louis? Their last what was it, 19 17 days. in a row at one point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a franchise record for St. Louis who is, come up with some very impressive records over their history. Yeah. It's just, and oh, that's I, it's all right. just, they're the Dodgers problem now. You know, it, it's amazing. Like to even look at your um, fantasy, you know, baseball and see, you know, pitchers being talked about being the first pitchers picked in the first, you know, your first and second pick, you would never think that, you know, Burns or, would even be considered in, a, in that type of light. So just to see what they're doing right now is amazing. Um, hopefully they'll have a little they, – they'll be able to keep some of this magic going. I think it'll be a little bit different from last year because they really uh, have the, the the mindset and the mentality and, you know, really think that they can win. So uh, should be yeah, interesting. It's, uh, it's kind of twofold because, you know, last year the biggest thing was – the short season, the inconsistency, and with Stearns, Stearns has never 
been very good in free agency his, historically in his time. He's always kind of spent cheaply and hoped that it that it pans out. Um, Isn't that the Brewers' way? Right. Yeah. I mean, Doug and, Melvin and, didn't I mean, go for CC and Zach Greinke until like the last two years of his like twenty-five to thirty. Well, well, right. But both of those were trades. Um, neither one was a free agent, and that's kind of where like right. so like You're where right. I'm going with Stearns is the same thing. So like Stearns really has avoided um, getting trapped into a big contract via free agency. He's more the one-year guy, like kind of like they did with Grandal. They didn't extend Mustakas. Um, and both of those really, from what I remember, sent Chris over the edge when I was talking about it because he was like, well, who's going to do this and who's going to do this? And, and, you know, to what Chris said, like, you could see it last year, even though they weren't as good, you could see that they were only going to go as far as their pitching because their lineup was so bad. And, and again, but Stearns took some cast offs, right? He traded Zach Davies, brought back Luis Urias. Uh, Eric Lauer was very inconsistent. But Urias ended up being, I think, almost a 30 home run guy, hit 250, ended up being able to play in and ended up being able to play three positions. And then the trade that saved the season, Willie Adamas. I I don't know that anybody um, did anyone think that was going to save. Well, well, so so uh, kind of because I'm a Rays fan and that's the only reason I knew who he was (laughs) and had an idea like, okay, this guy has raw power but he doesn't hit for average. Well, when he got here, he started to hit for average. Um, so whatever the thank you am fam stadium. That is a, right, friendly a, a bandbox, no doubt. Um, so it's, it's, he changed the whole morale of the team, man. Yeah. And, and he did. So, I mean, it's just the, they're getting stuff from all sorts of guys. Vogelbach, you know, the guy looks like he should be fucking serving me pancakes after chopping down fucking lumber for three hours. And if you can spell his name, we'll be happy to send you a free gift from here at ES3. Yeah, but so he also it. looks like a player on MLB that definitely is going to hit 80 home runs a year. He looks, <laughs> listen, he looks like a fucking brewer. That guy looks like he loves sausage and beer as much as anybody in this state. All right. So hey, so so you said a gift. So does it count if, if I go V O G E L B A C H? No. Now oh, you've ruined it for everybody. Wait to <laughs> fuck it up. And and I'm going to I was hoping to get the prize. Here. To say, I, I made an insensitive comment when we traded for Kelton Wong. I did not think he was the right guy for the position. And you and still am, can't am, say his name right, but that's all I, right. And I am still, I'm here eating crow because uh, he, yes, he did very Colton well. Colton Wong has had a very good year. Right. You can do no Wong. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See, so same offensive statement, but there, I, I changed it into a positive. Right. That's how that works. All right. All right. So we've gone over the Brewers. Although I got one question for the two of you uh, before we go. Do you think the Brewer, I guess it's two questions. Burns got a shot at a Cy Young. Yes. Yeah, or no? he, yes. He has a right. shot. All right. Add Adames or whatever the hell is David. Adames. Urias, rookie of the year. Um, and if that, who beats him out for? I don't know that he's a rookie. I, that I'd have to look and make sure. Um, because I, I, Chris, as you know, rookies is in Major League Baseball is really goofy because of like service time and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I get right about to say, I don't I, know. I understand he debuted for, um, right? So that's what I, I don't know for the Padres. Was um, it last year? Yeah, he, no, so it, he, it, two years ago. It looks ago. like he was about to say. So he had 48 at Pats in 2018, 215. So, yeah, this ain't his rookie year. Not if he had 200 and not if he had 215 at Bats in 2019. Although it looks like they said in 2020, well, it's only got his stuff from us. So he didn't play at all until he got to us, really. In last yeah, year. I mean, it's right. All right, so I'm let's throw sure. that out. Let's throw that question out. If he does, so uh, fine. Let's alter the question. Do you have a nomination for rookie of the year? 
Yeah. Um, the kid from Miami, the pitcher, Rogers, um, he's really, really good. Um, I ended up picking him up um, when I lost Shane Bieber um, in, in fantasy. But he up until I think up until September, he had a sub um, he had a sub two ERA. And so I think he's going to finish the year with just over two um, or just over three. Um, but he, oh, two, six, four ERA for the whole season. Say, Trevor, he was the only, Trevor Rogers. Yes, Trevor Rogers. He was the only, he was Miami's only all-star this year too. Um, yeah, I mean, dude was, he was willing Get to it be together, Derek Joe. Jeter. Yeah, so. Yeah, right. I mean, my, yeah, I, I, he's well, probably my pick. All right, Al. Do you have a pick, or do you want to talk what the what the playoff schedule looks like? You're on mute, Al. About sales on mute. So, all right, guys. Let me read them off to you here. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, it took me a little bit longer, but I guess just to really grind your gears, Chris. How about oh, Luis Garcia? <laughs> From the Astros. You know, I, I'm about to say, I feel, you know what? If he had done as well as I'd hoped he fucking had, I, folks, for those of you who may not know, if you've listened to us here at ES3, you know that we are competitive individuals and that we play a lot of fantasy leagues with each other. Marquilio, in whatever it is, first year ever played fantasy baseball, took home a the uh the the win the what would be the belt if it had been an es3 ed league and we'll talk about the travesty that came to the realization when he found out there was no belt in the league that he wanted uh I, I've, well, not I've, yet I've, it's being shipped to his house oh yeah we already we already designed and picked one out i wasn't aware that he there did was a belt. i let him pick oh. it out oh snaps Oh, snap. Well, all right. So there's a belt coming. But my point is, folks, is that he won. I had, if it wasn't for the playoffs, and I I won in consult, like the consultation league, right? And the, the, oh, oh, this, nothing fucking matters. I managed to pull myself out of dead last to seventh. Thank you, Mr. Playoff, was the only time. And I did it with absolutely no bench. Everybody on my bench was injured. It's like I had the guys who were playing and then everybody else on my fucking team was either injured or demoted to the fucking minors. Absolutely the worst fantasy baseball league season of my fucking Welcome, welcome life. to the club, Chris, because that was my team in the playoffs. I had my nine and that was about it. And L came in and just fucking five finger fucking throat death hey, punch man. this motherfucker. Beginner's luck, man. I, you know, I'm, okay, as I'm getting that shit. as I'm getting killed in fantasy football right now. You know, it's it, and I By shouldn't have brought team the, that's own three. I think. Oh yeah, and they're coming from the guy, <laughs> huh? <laughs> but I've always said, you'd know, wouldn't you, Richie? Yeah, you would, Whitney. It's what just, I so, hear. I just, I'm just happy that I didn't talk to Richie before any of these games started because I would have talked plenty shit and really, really regretted it right now because <laughs> I haven't even scored over like 85 points this week thus far. 69.3 so. to be exact. Uh, All right. All right. <laughs> before we get wrapped up into the football part of the question here, I want to just kind of go through uh, yeah. the, the finish going through the, the light up or not the light up, the playoffs as they stand right now and see if you guys got favored so let's start with the wild cards in the american league uh boston uh, the the red sox of the yankees and we if you go back to our rivalry episode folks you can hear what we think about that uh do you guys have a pick yeah um chris call your son and tell him I'm representing for the home team on that one. Uh, no, I, I do think, I mean, looking, I just looked at the pitching matchup just to see who was going to go. Um, who's going? I, Garrett Cole. I mean, I mean, does it matter who's pitching for Boston? You know what I mean? I, it, it, it's hard to bet against Garrett Cole. He's probably been the best pitcher, not named Max Scherzer over the last five, six years or so. Um, but, yeah, he's going against Evoldi. The game's in New York, I believe, at least based on the way the bracket is set up. I believe they're the home team because they're on the bottom, but I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I Bronx Bombers. 
I, All right. as well, and this is going to be about the L. Let's hear it. No, I'll let you go. Let's let that let, is in Boston. Dude, I'm sorry, it's in Boston, but I still pick the Yankees. I'm about to say, I, you know, I, I am a Red Sox fan much more than the Yankees, having raised a fucking Yankees fan who turned 21 this weekend. Uh, saw him and we talked a little baseball, and he's and I asked him if he had caught it. He goes, Oh, well, you know, I still watch the Yankees from time to time. And, you know, the Brewers fan in me cried a little bit. Uh, hmm. And the Brewers fan is going to continue to cry in me because, right, you look at Garrett Cole going, and then you look at that, that Yankees lineup, and I look at Boston's lineup, and I, I almost wondered, kind of like how I do when I look at the Brewers batting lineup, how they got there. I mean, Boston's got some guys, but not – you look at the Yankees, and it's like all-star, all-star, all-star. You know, I mean, it's just – it's freaking ridiculous. It's like, that's a lineup that no one wants to face. So I'm going Yankees over Boston. L. Now, forgive me for my ignorance, but of course the wild card game, unfortunately, is one game, correct? Correct. Uh, one and done. All right. So with that being said, um, you know, I spoke the last time that we had this podcast and basically said that the underdog fan in me um was really excited about the Red Sox doing what they're doing and just even being at this opportunity because no one really thought that that was possible before the the season started but seeing how this series even just went even this last time they played um and if it's one shot deal maybe if it was a series I I think Boston maybe pull it off but one game it's Yankees Yankees unanimous all right I'll take it man and I'm keeping track here on my fabulous yellow legal pad gentlemen before I drop before I jump over to uh the National League to discuss wild card here you think either one of them's got a chance against Tampa Bay I fucking hope not well, I know you hope not but <laughs> at fuck hopes what do you think's gonna happen well I mean it's uh what helps what helps Tampa Bay right now is everything that they had last year um, has basically been ramped up. So I say what I mean by that is because their lineup traditionally has been um, not very good average wise, but they're healthier than they were last year. Um, you look at Meadows, um, you look at Joey Wendell, and then you add in um, Wander Franco and a full season of Randy Rosarena, who absolutely lit the playoffs on fire last year. All of these guys that are on the Rays team right now have that World Series experience from last year. They know what the right. big moment's about. Um, the only one that hasn't is Wander Franco, and Wander Franco's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. At 20 years old or 19 years old, whatever he's at, he's 19 or 20, um, he's been absolutely astonishing, hitting two, 290 over the course of this year. Uh, he, at one, at, at one point he had a 32 game on base, uh, streak and it's something like 19 game hitting streak or something like that. I mean, the kid's phenomenal. Uh, he lives for these kind of things. It seems as every big moment, he just steps up. Um, so I don't know that, uh, I, I don't think that the Yankees or the Red Sox can pull it out because of the way that their season ended. Markelio brought it up. Like, I don't know that we would have thought Boston would be here had we had we be having this conversation at the beginning of the year. The Yankees, everybody expects to, but both of them have basically been fending off Seattle in winner go home situation type games for the better part of the last week and a half, two weeks. And I think eventually in a game like baseball where it's already a grind, when you're having that mentality for a longer and longer and longer periods of time, it just becomes mentally draining on you and you just get mentally worn down. And I think Tampa Bay being able to cruise right into the playoffs, they kept winning. They kept doing what they're doing. I, I don't know that either of these teams really can, can just overcome that fortitude to, to upset them. I, I couldn't agree more. L do you got a, do you got a pick? I guess. <clears throat> I, I just hope that if somebody Boston beat, wins I, it. Are you hoping that Boston keeps listen, it going? I hope anybody beat Tampa Bay over there because I know every oh, time shit. I watched the the Brewers play Tampa Bay, it was not good. So 
<laughs> so whoever else over there can win except for Tampa Bay, I feel a little bit better about. All right, man. So else taking anybody but Tampa Bay in that one. That's what I heard. All right. Let's jump over to the National League for a second, guys. I know I'm kind of jumping. No all White over Sox, here. Houston. I was gonna say that's no, the last no. Thing. All right, fine. Let's go. Let's just roll through the American League. So White Sox, Houston. Uh, I've got to tell you, you know, fuck the Houston Astros. That's hard for me to say because as a young man, <laughs> and to, dude, it was, dude. I used to be a huge Astros fan. I loved the shit out of Nolan Ryan. I loved the shit out of him when the Astros. We're making it to the playoffs every year when they were so winning since two thousand. You haven't won. <laughs> wow, what two thousand and eighteen or whatever? No. Well, no, I mean, dude, listen, I've been a listen, I've been a a fucking Houston Astros fan longer than at least one of you has been alive. All right, like I for when everybody here who had a who had Nolan Ryan posters hanging over his bed raised their hand. Right, right here, one guy. All right, so. As much as I, yeah, as I grew up loving Pete the Houston no. Astros, because right, well, by the time I was old enough to like really appreciate the Brewers, they had rolled out of their playoff and World Series phase and into fucking twenty years of just shit in the fucking bed. I mean, no one went to the Brewers to see what the fucking Brewer. You think you were going to see what BJ Surhoff did? Fuck. I was just gonna say, no one went to go do what fucking BJ Surhoff did. Man, All right, you Rob went to see was the, the other shit, man. Hey, you know what? I yeah, I saw Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. That was pretty cool. I saw fucking you know, saw fucking Derek. It's Jeter no better than up. Robin Young and Paul Molitor, though, man. Cecil so right, and the Brewers, dude. Don't get me started on what the Brewers did with Paul Molitor. <laughs> All right, don't get me so we're lucky that he even shows back up and fucking shows up on the announcement table for fucking Brewers games after what fucking Bud Selig did to him. Love Bud Selig because as a commissioner, fucking hated his ass as an owner. So all of this is the long way of me saying as much as I want to root for the Astros, I'm still not over the cheating <laughs> scandal. I'm still not over what they've done with their team. And I am all on the other team in Chicago. White Sox is exciting, man. Go fuck them, but fucking a right, dude. The Sox, dude, fucking exciting, man. I could go, dude. You know, we could talk good White Sox all day. I'm going White Sox over the Astros. L, what about you? Where are you at? Come on, easy money, man. White Sox, young team, Anderson. You know, I mean, it's they got they got a lot of players on there. That's exciting. Uh, It's kind of unanimous to like. San Diego of like last year, you know, they've always been fellas. That you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm gonna send out a bracket for you guys to fall out tomorrow and I'll post them as well. Although we cool. it seems like we've made our picks here, but you were saying now. No, man. Um, I'm I'm white socks all day, man. Socks nation over here, baby. Yes, sir. So it, it's kind of funny, right? So I talk about how uh you know we're brewer fans here. I'm the residential. Rays fan, but I'm also a transplant Southsider, and oh, so, shit. uh, yeah, good old 76 and Marshfield down there, deep South Side over there by the ballpark, actually, not too far. Uh, basically, when I roll up, I, I get brighter than the streetlights, you know what I'm saying? But, um, kind of, kind of what else said, I mean, you look at this team and you kind of go, damn, they're gonna be really good for at least five years. Um, they just got Lewis Robert back. Who's healthy and who's hitting the shit out of the ball. Tim Anderson, um, got hurt, but it sounds like he may be able to play, uh, in the playoffs. Jose Abreu never finds a way to disappoint. He's always great. Um, and then they got Eloy Jimenez back for the second half of the season after he got hurt in spring training. And so this is a young, exciting team. Even you talk about Lucas Giolito, Daniel C- or Dylan Cease uh, in the rotation. They do have some veterans there um, with Lance Lynn leading the way. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how far they can get uh, because I do know that there was a lot of hatred that came out about them making the move from Edgar Renteria to Tony Larusa. There was a lot of disappointment in them making that move, um, but it seems like it's paid off. For whatever reason, he might maybe he's the young guy. Larusa is a maybe. fucking asshole, but he's he knows he right. But that's what I mean. Larusa has been the man forever, though, man. Right, you From know, and Oakland. Yeah, I, to, he's always been the man. 
So it'll be, I think this will be a very interesting matchup. I think it'll probably be the most even matchup um, of the American league. So it'll be an interesting matchup to see because if anybody can match the White Sox, it's it's definitely the Astros. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Let's jump over to the National League. I won't ask for World Series picks. I'll have you guys fill out brackets, and we'll touch base on this after the what the see what the first round was. That way, we could talk about the results and make our picks for what's moving on from there. Uh, also, we'll see whose bracket holds up after that as well. Uh, let's head over to the National League: Dodgers, Cardinals, and this one, fellas. This one's going to pain me to say, with as hot as the fucking Cardinals are. I think the Dodgers have the better team, but I think the Cardinals, I don't know if the Cardinals could be stopped. Pains you to say, fuck them dudes. Fuck them dudes. Because here's what's going to happen. If the Dodgers don't put them out, they're going to find a way to make it to the CS, and they're going to find a way to fuck the Brewers again. So fuck them guys. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. And then when they think that I want to be nice, fuck those guys again. Dodgers. Yeah, I couldn't be happier with this matchup right here because I feel like this is the kryptonite that they need because the Dodgers, you know, they, they're almost like one of those undefeated champions. They don't really know how to lose either. So um, going into this game, the, I, I got to go Dodgers, man, even though Perfect. St. Louis is, is one of the hottest teams in the MLB in last, what, 10 years <laughs> for, but, for for what it matters um i i, I want to look this up because on wednesday when they play um just to give you guys an idea since being traded uh let's see max scherzer has a 198 era with Ooh. the dodgers so best of luck to you st louis and yeah. right there because fuck you you know, but that's it's a, a whole, it's that's, a one game playoff, baby. Anything could happen. You no, know, I know, and Max Scherzer's taking the mound. You know, that's LA, the reason why, so. guys. That's the reason why I won the baseball fantasy league because I, I, I traded Max Scherzer, and I was so and I was so heartbroken when I because you know I was a newbie. I didn't really you know understand, and I think you know, but I did get um, what is Goldschmidt from. St. Louis, St. Louis, yeah, like a, you got but a you, pretty good haul. Which, for, for yeah, so you got like so he was he guys. he balled out, and you know I was kind of happy with that. But when I looked at Max for the whole season, I just was like, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> All right, fellas. So let's go here. Do either one of them have a chance against the Giants, who have played some incredible baseball to get to this point? Yeah. They absolutely, I, I think so. I mean, I I think regardless of where they're at, I mean, to me, the Dodgers are the team to beat. I mean, yeah, at I the end of the day, I, I, they I'm have not... the best players. They got the best rotation. I mean, at the end of the day, that is the team you have to beat. They're the, the, I mean, they're the defending champs, yeah, right? I, I mean, until they're knocked out of the playoffs, it doesn't matter. Hey, man, well, I concur. And even if it's not the Dodgers and it ends up being the Cardinals, I still think the Cardinals have a pretty good chance, too. I don't think I don't I don't see San Francisco making it out of that first round. Now I guys, don't know, man. San Francisco's been the most consistent. I think I, I think they're a better matchup with the Cardinals than they are the Dodgers. I, I agree that they're that that's listen, no, there's no doubt that's the preferred matchup, especially in a seven game series. Um, it's not like five game, well, or sorry, five game series. Um, but still, you know. I just, you know, like you said, man, I feel like if St. Louis makes it past the Dodgers, no one's going to stop them. All that said, fellas, here's the hard one for me. As you know, this is, for me, a house divided. For the listeners who do not know, uh, my family are diehard Brewers fans. My wife's family are diehard Braves fans. I've got a lot of Braves shit in my house. Tell them where uh, they're original the Braves. Braves Tell them right. where they're well, original that, Braves. <laughs> they, right, because they started with the original Braves, but when they left, my wife's family, their fandom left with them. And my brother-in-law is like the biggest Chipper Jones fan you've ever met in your life. With this one, man, I don't know. I mean, 
a five game set, I don't know the Brewers can make it past the Braves. The Braves are a stacked team up and down pitching, batting, you know, to be they're more of the complete picture the the Brewers are. And while I trust the Brewers to win a couple of this series, I feel like it's going to be three, two Braves. And that's hard for me to say. Yeah. So as you're a house divided, I got a roommate who grew up 30 minutes from Atlanta. So, um, he's, he's kind of split too, as he's a Brewers fan. Um, but also right. The hometown guy wants me to say Brewers, the baseball guy in me says the Braves are going to be hard to beat. Yeah. I I mean, to me, see, you have more faith in the in the Braves pitching than I do. Um, at this point, I, I think they're the tale of two opposites. I think the Brewers have the superior rotation, the superior bullpen. And I I'd think that, that. The, the Braves have the far superior lineup. And so, um, right. And I just but, don't trust, I don't trust five of our pitchers to be able to handle that Braves lineup. I, I agree, but, uh, but we have the best bullpen and, and I, I, I firmly stand by that, even though Devin Williams is a moron. Uh, I still think bullpen... a, we will talk about that in a minute. <laughs> I do think that the Brewers still have a really good bullpen. Um, as much as I have shared my disdain for Craig council, I, he finds a way to win games, no matter how shitty it seems that he's managing because I mean, baseball has just changed and he, for whatever reason, he knows when to pull the pitcher at the right time compared to not, I, I don't know. He, he's a, he's a chess master. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be three, two, the opposite way. I think the Brewers will get this one just because I think the pitching will do enough to hold the Braves down. Uh, I think they'll score enough runs to be able to win. Um, uh, one of you had mentioned it before, just the energy that Adamas has found to bring, I think is really um, uh, a big thing for them. And Rowdy Telez had a really good, has, has been pretty decent since coming back from injury, um, hit a couple boppers there. Um but yeah, I, I mean, to me, if you can slow down Freddie Freeman, which is fast, but if you can slow down Freddie Freeman, I think you can beat him. And, it, you know, uh, I think we have these two guys who can do that um, with Woodruff and Burns for sure. Um, if Peralta can pitch like he did in the first half compared to how he pitched in August, uh, the Brewers should be able to win three. Yeah, I, I, I agree, man. Um, and, and I'm I'm always going to be biased for the home team, so I'm not even going to try to cloud that or act like it's any other reason. <laughs> Just I right, man, my, listen, I like my the love Braves for the city. A lot. I mean, you've heard me tell you on several several years now that the Braves yeah. are a fucking good team. The loss of Azuna to other stupidity yeah. is and, a loss, but. And, and and that's what I was gonna say. Like you know, well, yeah, and they don't have Acuna either. Yeah, exactly, Acuna. Yeah, um, I mean, it's just and Azuna, but you know, yeah, uh, Azuna and Acuna. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I really believe that this is one of those years for Milwaukee, and I don't think it was a fluke that they were as good as they were. Um, and it's a reason why we're ranked number two and Atlanta's ranked number three. Um, I think that we will have the firepower that we need amongst our pitching staff to be able to pull out that series. So I, I do have to go with the home crew, brew crew. All Me right, too. fellas. You know what? I'm happy to hear it. I, you know, I, I wanted to mix it up a little, so I'm happy to hear it. I, I too hope the Brewers slap up the fucking Braves and move on, but we'll be back here in a week or so folks talking about the results of this conversation right here. With any luck, you'll be able to catch our brackets on either Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, all of our wonderful social media there. If you haven't done so yet, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Now, gentlemen, before we go, I don't want to take too long on it. I'm not going to talk or go over every game or really where the standings are because we're four fucking games in. Uh, but I'd like to talk a little football here. Some of the maybe some of the bigger stories or stories I feel are important to people in the room here. Uh, Start with start off with Richie with the Dub Bears, man. Uh, Fields gets the start because Dalton's hurt the last two games, or did he go out in the last? He, I thought he got injured like right away in the first. No, he got he got hurt in week two. Fields started week three, and then started uh, yesterday. So you've seen it. You've got to see it in action. The Bears fans have been calling for it. How do you feel about Fields' first two starts? 
I mean, he's a uh, well, the, the, the first start, I mean, it was, it's it, it, the first one. It, it was almost like it's unfair. It, it, yeah. I mean, it was almost <laughs> like you, he was put in. If I'll let well, you No, I, I mean, it's, it's hard because you know, it's bad when the bears fan can't get it out. No, but you give it's like dude, no, it, no, 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 because I think that there's it was just F- wrong. No, no, no. It's because ethically, as a coach, I would never, I would never say that another coach is going to intentionally sabotage a game. But it almost it was so bad against Cleveland that that's that was the only thing that you could really think because. You, Fields and Dalton are not the same player, and they 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 didn't. Nagy did absolutely nothing to play to Fields' strengths. Um, Fields is basically like a better version of what we thought Trubisky was going to be, right? So Trubisky was athletic, could roll out of the pocket, could throw deep, could throw intermediate. He just Nagy wanted Trubisky to be a seven-step drop, stand in the pocket like Peyton Manning. That's not who he is. And that is how Nagy coached against Cleveland. And it was an absolute disaster. And the Bears had a top-10 defense going into that game. They made that game as close as they possibly could. They held them for possibly as long as they could before they got tired and it eventually broke. Um, Yesterday you saw a lot more efficiency. Fields was 11 for 16. He had the one pick. He's not going to be perfect. But you saw him taking more shots down the field. You saw him with more throws to the sideline, not putting the ball in a spot where you're going to see a lot of picks. They got him out of the pocket where he was scrambling a little bit. Right. He's got to put the ball away. He, f- he fumbled again yesterday. He fumbled last week. He fumbled in the preseason. He's got to find a way that he, he can't hold the ball out here like he has been, like he did in college. It's got to be a way because NFL guys are trained to find that ball and just slap it and knock it down. And we saw that because that's exactly what Chicago did to Jared Goff. They, they forced him into two fumbles, I believe. Um, and so it, it, it's confident, but I think what really helps feel, what helped Fields was, one, this is the worst team that Chicago's played all year so far, is Detroit. He needed a, a game against a team where we were going to have a lot of confidence because Detroit, again, is the worst team that we've played so far this year. And David Montgomery went for 100 yards and scored two touchdowns. That's what you need to be able to do when you have a rookie quarterback. You have to be able to run the football. You have to be able to play defense. And you have to be able to play ahead of the sticks. And for those of you that don't know, necessarily know what that means is you can't play from second and six, second and seven, second, uh, second and eight, second and nine. You have to play second and five, second and four, second and three, second and two, second and one. Make it manageable. Right. You have to put him in situations where you can run the zone read stuff that they were running with him sporadically in the first two games when Dalton was healthy. Um, the problem now is we don't know what's up with Montgomery. They were fearful that he tore his ACL. They've come out and said that it doesn't sound like that's happened. Uh, he's been a top 10 running back in the NFL for the last three years since he's been in the league. Uh, I think he's been top 10 in rushing every single year. Um, but at worst, he could be out a couple of weeks. They do have Damian Williams, for those of you that remember. Uh, he was with the Chiefs that won the Super Bowl uh, two years ago. So he's, he's, very, uh, he's a good veteran to have. Um, I like parts of this team. Um, but I know Marquilio made mention to it a little bit before it's twofold because you want to see fields do good to where you're going. Okay. They're not ruining him. They're really not fucking him. Like they're letting him play, but at the same time, Nagy's got to fucking go, you know? So, so you're kind of stuck in, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the same spot that I was about Budenhoser. Um, when I, when I was very, when I thought Budenhoser should have been fired um, before last season, Obviously, the Bucks won the championship. You're not going to fire a guy after a championship. Um, but that's kind of where I'm at with Nagy. Um, and, and I'll get to two names uh, later who I think could be replacements when we get to, like, our kind of surprises so far this year. Yeah, man. You've said yeah, – you, you nailed it, man. I, I don't know what else to say about 
you know, the bear situation, but I guess just as an outsider looking at it, man, I was really, (laughs) I I was talking to applause last, last week. And I'm like, this is the perfect week for Nagy to lose his job because if if they would have lost, he would have got fired. Um, But at the same time, you really, you really hope um, just for, for the young man, because it was, it was such a bad game that, you know, the first game that he was put in, but it was just like a no win situation. Um, You just really wish that the coach can kind of tap into his skill set a little bit better. I felt like I could have coached that better in a Madden game, you know, (laughs) like everybody was all right. But besides the team, I want to ask you guys this, as I know both of you have spent uh, numerous, uh, many vacations, many road trips, uh, and many of times in Chicago, um, whether it was for football or other various reasons, you've been to the city, you've been to the area. Uh, they've now purchased that land out in Arlington Heights uh, with the possibility of building a brand new stadium. Um, I, I think it'll be kind of cool to see what what it brings to the Midwest, right? Because Chicago is basically our new it's our bag, it's our uh, Los Angeles here in the Midwest. So I, I think it. A lot of Chicago people are upset and they're claiming the Bears are leaving Chicago. They're really not leaving Chicago. But I think it'll be cool to see what we can all bring, what they can bring here. And if they put a dome on it, what that's going to offer in terms of big events and Super Bowls and Olympics and other things like that. Yeah, change can say, be, change everybody can be but thing. the Bears are going to complain about that fucking move. Yeah, who would ever, <laughs> who would ever thought that the Bears would have left Soldier, Soldier Stadium? So, you know. Right. Alba, so... And you, you mentioned P before, man, and a shout out to Plaza, folks, if our, to our listeners. Yes, if you haven't yet, you need to check out uh, The Laboratory. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on all of your fucking social medias. If you haven't checked it out, you really should. He's doing some great stuff there. He covers a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, it's not a whole lot of sports. He touches on some sports stuff here or there. He has sports episodes. But really, he's got great stuff, great guests. Um, he's got a lot of variety of stuff. If you haven't yet, check it out. But when we talk of the tale of two quarterbacks, I'm going to flip it right over to San Francisco, who had, you know, Jimmy G got hurt, and Trey Lance has had an opportunity to come out and play a little bit. Uh, he threw a couple of touchdowns, threw for 157 yards uh, against Seattle this weekend. I had what do you guys think about Trey Lance, man? As uh, did did the 49ers give him a better op, a better chance of survival than the Bears gave Fields? Uh, hell yeah! I mean, <laughs> they they're gonna you know the, think about the times where you saw Trey Lance even against the Packers. They put him in situations where you know they they play to his skill set. Um, this this is a this is a guy where I know a lot of people in San Francisco is kind of excited to see what Trey Lance can do because of what he's di- displayed. You know, I know rookies are going to go uh, through some ups and downs, but he looks he's been looking pretty good thus far. I, I don't know what you thinking, Richie. So uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, Kyle Shanahan was the guy who brought the success to the Washington Redskins when they had Robert Griffin III. Um, And so Shanahan has experience, although it be not in San Francisco with a quarterback with these types of skills. Now, Lance is in a better situation because San Francisco has a better offensive line to protect him uh, compared to fields in Chicago. The, the, the difference is going to be how he performs in a bigger sample size, right? So we, so similar to fields, we've only seen him in small sample sides brought in for certain situations. Like he was against green Bay scored a touchdown. Um, Chris mentioned that he did throw for 150, 160 yards, 73 of it came on one play. So it'll be interesting to see how he's going to be able to handle 60 minutes of an NFL game versus 10 snaps of an NFL game. Um, he reminds me of Colin Kaepernick in terms of his skill set as a player. And I said that before he even ended up in San Francisco. It's just who his playing skills remind me of. Um, and so this offense has essentially already been made for him because it's the offense is very similar to that that we saw um, Jim Harbaugh 
play with when, when he was in San Francisco, when they were playing with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick and eventually Kaepernick took over the role, which was, which is essentially what got San Francisco to the Super Bowl. Uh, San Francisco is kind of built in that same mold. Again, they have some really good running backs. They have a zone blocking scheme and they have a mobile quarterback. That is what killed everybody the first time they, they found success. And so I think they're trying to uh, replicate that. Whether he's actually ready or not, we'll find out. Um, I, I would like to see who they play um, because I, I, that'll be a, a big part of it. Similarly to how I talked about Fields playing against Detroit, they kind of needed that game. And unfortunately for him, uh, they play against a team that I was going to use as one of my big surprises. Uh, they play the four and old Cardinals. Yeah, that's well, they are. They've been a huge surprise thus far. That but, they have, but they always they they you know what the they start the hot. Cardinals, they always start hot. You know the Cardinals kind of remind me of you know they they had the potential even like last year when we were, when we were talking about them. You know they're they're always one of those teams that. Let's see how consistent they are. But they remind me of like a team like Miami last year, you know, that 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 can be like that that overachieving team that no one really expected to do that well. I, I mean, I, 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 won't, I won't go, say I, this, I won't necessarily say do that well because Arizona has always kind of had that potential, but maybe still kind of overachieving a little bit more. As you said, like. The, like I Buffalo you, maybe last year. I thought you were going to go somewhere else because when I look at how their team's built and I look at a comparison, you look at what they have at quarterback, you look at what they have at receiver, and mm. you look at when the defense is hot, how good they can be as a team. Yeah. They remind me of three years ago before the injuries took their toll where the Dallas Cowboys were. When Prescott had that huge year, Zeke was still healthy. The O-line was healthy. They just couldn't stop anybody. And so that's kind of where I see the Cardinals. If Murray keeps going, they can get they, – they need to get a better run game. I think their run game's not as good, but their defense is better. And so there's, there's a little give and take there. But you look at the quarterback situation, you look at the receiver situation, this team is essentially the 2017-18 Dallas Cowboys – and where they were with that high octane offense, uh, they just had to get some other pieces in there to make it work. And then, unfortunately, the injuries uh, took care of the Cowboys for the next three years. I think I think that that gives a great segue to another team that's playing very well right now, Richie, and which is the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I mean, Cowboys. I, I mean, and it's crazy because I I wouldn't have thought their defense would be this good. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like Diggs has been amazing. They were so bad right, last year right. that everybody was laughing at Mike McCarthy. Now I don't know that anybody really wants to play against that offense because now we knew what what Cooper could do. We knew, um, God, what's the other kid's name? The uh, the the, uh, the Lamb. Everybody knew what Lamb could do, except for yesterday, right? But so, so they had Cooper, <laughs> they had Lamb, they have Gallup. And then they went out and developed themselves Dalton Schultz, who has been an absolute monster. And so I don't know that anybody really wants to see Dallas right now. Uh, Tavon Diggs had two picks yesterday. He had a pick six against the Eagles. He's yeah, got five. five already. I mean, yeah. I, I, don't, I mean, the only <laughs> other offense that I can think of. Are they who we thought they were? That the, yes, this yes. is who we thought that no Dallas should no have doubt. been. Um, and, and I want to use that because you talk about who, who we thought they were, and that kind of leads me to Green Bay because of two things the offense outside of week one has really come together, um, the defense is still sketchy, like we thought it was going to be, right? But fuck, dude, the. Valdez Scantling, three weeks. Jair Alexander goes down yesterday. Sure. Are you guys – do you guys think – I mean, and then what? Zadarius Smith is done. Preston Smith goes out. 
I Dude, mean, Savage right, right. was Savage was catching cramps. I didn't know what was going on with him. Last so, game. so right now, I, and I, I don't, I mean this in a funny way and in a serious way, but right now, if there if there's no other time, dude, Rashad Gary's got to have to play his ass off because he's the only edge guy you guys got right now that's healthy, and you're you're playing with Kevin King and Eric Stokes at the at the corners which I don't know that either one is ready for that number one spot, but I will say Devondre Campbell's a fucking stud. has been looking good though, man. I, I mean, I got, I got to give that, that, that kid some salute, man, because he's been balling. Um, I think he's a lot, way lot better than people anticipated for him to be at this rate at this time. Um, he's, he's already starting. Too many PIs already. Man, two of those are really suspect. Um, and, but, uh, yeah, but you also got to have that dog in you. You know, you got to you, – Until it costs to... you 15 every yeah, time. But, but some of those, like I said, was really sketchy, um, especially the ones for San Francisco, some of those, those, those two later ones. But beyond that, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from with Kevin King. Um, has all the size in the world, but sometimes you just don't, you know, just don't believe Please, some of the angles. The fucking world. Some of the angles that he takes and how he doesn't move his hips, man. You know, but beyond that, um, guys, now that you've brought up Rashawn Gary, I know you heard his name mentioned a few times last game, but yeah, it's really going to be time for him to step up because uh, players like what Kiki stepped up, Kingsley Kiki stepped up and got a got a sack and it's been doing well with, with defensive line pressure. Kenny Clark is going to do his job. So we are going to have to have that edge rushing from Rashad. And I think he can, I think he can play better. Um, he has been playing. He'd have to, but he's, he played pretty. See, you won't give him credit that he played pretty decent last game. I'm, I'm have, looking for his stats right now. I know um, he's, he's got, he's got I think one, I think he's got one and a half or two sacks on the year. And, and it must have came from last game because I don't remember him doing anything from before. He had that. one. He had one yesterday, and then he had uh, one last again. He had one against Detroit for sure, and then he had one yesterday. That yeah. I know. I just won one or two a game, but he's gonna. He's definitely oh, he gonna ain't have getting that. He's definitely I'm about gonna to have to say he definitely ain't getting that. Hey man, it's one and a half. We're only four he's games into four the season. Solo tackle. I mean. Dude. Yeah, but but hold on now, like you know, we'll we'll see. I, I think, like I said, that he he's progressively getting a lot better. Um, I, I I you know that position is a position that doesn't tell all by just how many sacks he has. Right. You know that as a coach. Well, so, I mean, yes, but I'm gonna say yes and no because you're leading yes, on that a little heavy in my yes, opinion. yes, I I I agree, but at the same time. You it, to to be considered that level of a player, and in the NFL, to me, um, the only position that gets away with that is if you run a three front, and it would be Kenny Clark, because Kenny Clark's going to eat double teams all day long, and playing nose. To me, if you're Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary is going to get double teamed, sure, but. So do all the other great players in the league. So does TJ Watt. So does Khalil Mack. So does Chandler Jones. If you're going to be that guy, oh, you have to be that guy. Chandler Jones. Oh, my God. That you, guy. you know what I mean? I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to perform. And if he's not beating double teams and they're able to just go right at him every play, then at the end of the day, what is he really giving you? Chandler do need to slap the shit out of his brother, but that's another story. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right, fellas, I've got one last thing, and we'll wrap it up here, is Ty Brady made his historic return to Foxborough this week as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He walks away with the win, but he does it on what's based, essentially a missed field goal by the other team. Yeah, man. He he did not play as well as I thought. I thought Mac looked a lot better than Tom Brady did in that game. I mean, did did this the was Patriots like, really just did Bill Belichick really just expose all of Tom Brady's weakness? I don't know. Tampa Bay won on luck. Or this was what, supposed what to be. 
this was supposed to be like the David and Goliath, you know, going into this matchup. Everyone just thought there was going to be some ass kicking going on with, with, with T Brady, the great, the goat. Um, but you know, Belichick is who he is. And at, at the same time, a lot, I know a lot of people were just talking about Belichick, you know, knowing Tom Brady and understanding his quirks and he's a coach at the end of the day. Um, you almost would think that he would have that advantage there, but you know, I guess no one controls the game better than the players on the field, but, um, in, in that, in that you know, scheme of everything, who better to, to, than to give uh, Tom a challenge other than the coach nemesis, Belichick. Um, this was this was exciting, first of all. Great TV, great TV. And I'm glad that it was as close as it was because it was it was fantastic to watch. I think it ended as, as it should have ended and as we as everyone thought it would end. But it was definitely a lot closer. It, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought the first half of football from that game was the most boring I'd ever seen in my life. I like but it, what, the, the part I really enjoyed was all the like defense that came out during that game, dude. Yeah, was I'm... all them talking about Bill Bella, dude. The Bill Belichick fucking let Tom Brady walk said goodbye to him on a during on a telephone conversation. Amen. I don't know how you let a guy who has brought so many championships to your organization that it cover, you know, that you've got the freaking infinity gauntlet on one fucking hand. And the way you say, hey, you know what, dude, I understand things got to, you know, they're we're going our own way. But he did it over the phone. And can I everybody, ask you a what do you expect from Belichick? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I ask, and can I ask I a question, Chris? You like all, okay, shoot. I want to ask you a question. So I'm going to guess that you're basing that off of what our media outlets tell us, right? Because if you listen to the interview Brady did and the interview Belichick did, both of them said that essentially what the media did was they took snippets of the little of the interviews over the last couple of years that made them pit up against each other. And that's what they played. Because there was meetings and conversations that were held that nobody knew about except for those two. And yep. so, and so I got a question for you. You want to know how well those meetings went? Did Tom Brady leave the Patriots and go win a Super Bowl with the next team next year? He did because they weren't going to well, pay then it's not, Right. They were, listen, I'm calling bullshit on that right now. The idea that this is about the fucking money. Tom Brady restructured his contract so many times in favor of the fucking Patriots to go out and get shit. I'm calling bullshit that the idea here is that Tom Brady asked for $50 million. Here's my thing. You you can pit. If the relationship was all good, Tom Brady would still be the quarterback for the fucking Patriots. Yeah, but but here's my here's my thing. Convince me I'm wrong. Here's how I see it. I think that Tom Brady looked at this situation, and this is just me using what I have to come to this. I think Tom Brady went, I won this many Super Bowls here. I've done everything I can. I've done everything there is to do except one thing. Go to another team, do it again, and convince the world that I'm the greatest that's ever done it. And I think after all the Super Bowl rings, and I think needs to convince. And and I think, and I think that in Tom Brady's way, he said, "Everybody doubts that I can go to another team and I can go into the other league and do what I do because that was the knock on him." He was a system guy. He's doing it because he's with the Patriots. They surround him this way and this and Belichick and this and that. And he went out and he proved everybody wrong. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think it's a mixture of everything, man. I mean, I think it's a mixture of how the relationship was. I think it's a mixture of what his family wanted me being his wife. I think it was a mixture of seeing the team that he had to the possibility of having a team that he was going to inherit in Tampa Bay, the, the, the weather, it was just kind of the time in his life that I think made more sense for him to, to get out of there and create, like you said, his own legacy. So it, I mean, everything just kind of pointed in the direction and it wasn't like you had the, 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 the over affectionate, 
um, coach that was, <laughs> you know, trying to say, hey, Tom, Tom, we love you. Uh, stay here, buddy. Um, but you had the the, the, the stoic um, Belichick that you that, that's really hard to gauge at times. You know, I'm pretty sure they have a very close relationship, as close as it could possibly get from a coach to a quarterback. And they have the utmost respect for him. But other than just being like Bill Belichick friend that you grew up with, you know, I don't know if anyone really you know, knows Bill Belichick like that or has that type of relationship to where they're just like, oh, I'm, I'm staying here with this coach. <laughs> right. I mean, dude, I got to tell you, I woke up this morning to just a bunch of, to see all the images of Bill Belichick hugging, you know, Tom Brady. And uh, then I watched uh, that after I saw these still images, I got to see the video feed of it. And it was like the shortest fucking hug you've ever seen in your life. It was like, yeah, boom, dude. Listen, man, if things worked all good, he who threw cares? out Tom's personal trainer. But you know who cared? Tom Brady. It's why he plays for the why he plays for Tampa Bay right now. And I'll I mean, if, if that I mean if, if that's what you truly believe, I mean I'm I'm not gonna sit here and try to convince you. I believe that if guys, you but... I believe that if you felt appreciated with you where you were and secure where you were, that you would have stayed there. I don't see Tom Brady at this point in his career, this idea that he's got shit to check off, man. I'm just not buying it, man. I mean, I don't know what else you expected Tom Brady to do. I've seen Tom Brady pull Super Bowl wins straight out of his ass on more regular occasions. I care to fucking imagine. So I'm just saying, man, I, I don't. So, well, so let me Matt, ask you Matt LaFleur, Matt LaFleur, ask, got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, I don't so, know if, I have Aaron, okay, if that's so, actually so true when Bella, So when Belichick inducts Brady in the Hall of Fame, so when Belichick and Brady are out First off, if Belichick fishing, gives that fucking speech, it's going to be about a minute and a half long, and it's going to be the dullest fucking speech you've ever heard in your life. Dude, it again, dude, it's it's. It, it's one word. It. Hey, hey, you you said you brought up the key word. It was the shortest hug ever. Blah 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 blah. Chris, you are buying into the one word that the NFL wants you to buy in: entertainment. And that's uh, dude. That's in case you didn't watch. What Belichick was, a heel? Lowest... That was going of course he's a heel. Are you Absolutely. kidding me? Belichick is. Belichick is the Vince McMahon of the NFL, dude. <laughs> right. This is a guy who puts his dog at his seat during the fucking no draft. Shit, man. All right. This he is even walks nut. out like. Right. Bill Belichick <laughs> has zero fucks left right. to give. All right. Oh, you, like, Nicole, have you ever seen him come Nicole into a press Bonaparte. conference and just like clear the table of every recording device and phone? He's like, dude, it's, it's your twelve hundred dollar phone. It's all entertainment, man. Everybody swore up and down that that Favre and Rogers hated each other. I mean, it's just, dude, it's it's inner fucking. I wouldn't like say just, that they hate each like other, but we all me, can man. agree that. Here's the real question. Here's the real question. This is, this is and and so before we do close, I do want to talk about one guy that deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I'll do that after this. I have one question left for you guys because I've been asking everybody because I, I've been kind of stuck. And there's only one person that had come to mind, and it was Tom Brady. That is left in sports that would return to a place and got cheered. I don't know that I can think of another athlete. Uh, you know, I, I was told that Kawhi got cheered in Toronto, which deservedly so. He didn't do anything malice in leaving. He was there half a year, won a title, went on and got his money, whatever. You know, it wasn't like it was a bitter end. But I can't think of anybody who spent a significant amount of time that then left under their own accord, right? Shaq got booed. You know what I mean? When he went back to, to, to LA. I feel you know, like, I, I feel like Dominique was always loved every time he went back, even for that short period. And it wasn't like he was in San Antonio for a long period of time, but I always felt like he was, he is Atlanta. So I can't imagine. Is there, I mean, is there moved. anybody you know, I, I mean that you're we're talking 20 years. I mean, we're oh, talking yeah. like you in, know in what I mean? football, it's not as common, although you know, got I mean, booed out of the building. You know what I mean? Manning got cheered, but Manning is a different situation. They cut because of the neck injury, whatever, you know, it be what is what it is. Right. I mean, I booed, think there's a couple of know? scenarios like that that if we really dug, we could find them. 
it seems, seems to be a lot more common in baseball where, you know, guys get these send off tours and stuff well, like the NBA that, too. But, but, but guys don't, uh, you know, I don't know the last guy that was 20 years and switched teams. Well, let's open it up to the listeners here, folks. If there's any of you who think you can answer Richard's question, Zach says Wayne here, Gretzky, by the way. Oh, again, I thought we were keeping it strictly. He's to the football. greatest, man. He's the greatest. Come no, on. No, I'm man. just saying sports in general. I mean, is there anybody recently that that we think was on a team for that amount of time that would go back and and get cheered? You know. Um, which one, I don't know which that I don't, from, from, from I don't know Dodger, that Kawhi. The, I don't know that Kawhi would get cheered in San Antonio. Who, I don't from, know, you know from the I mean? Dodgers that went to, uh, from the Cardinals. Um, which color you boot? Um, what would you say, Chris? Oh no! I, well, I said Albert Pujols. That's what I was just oh, saying. Yeah, Albert Pujols. Oh, to the Angels, yeah, yeah. Angels to the Cardinals, yeah. Right, oh, well, he's he's the Angels. Angels, Angels, I'm sorry. I about to say, I promise you, when he steps yeah. onto that, if he steps out onto that field, Cardinal fans are going to cheer him too. Yeah, yeah I mean, the guy, I mean, as much as I hate to say it because it's a fucking Brewers fan, it hurt to watch, dude. I watched a lot of the machine in his prime oh, yeah. in Man, St. Louis playing the Brewers, and he slapped us up plenty. All right, before, that, we, folks, before we wrap up, there's one shout out I want to give because it absolutely is deserving because this man went through hell for years and everybody dogged him. And now he's getting an opportunity to show the world what he can do. Uh, he's also tied to the guy that I hope the Bears replaced Matt Nagy with. That's Joe Brady. But Sam fucking Darnold, ladies and gentlemen, and the Carolina Panthers. Sam Darnold is playing some great football. That dude is playing his ass off. Quarterback slash running back. And he is now right. in a spot where he is showing what he can do when he isn't tied to the New York J-E-T-S. I'll have to say, dude, the Jets know how to fuck up a player real good. They know how to fuck up a wet dream. Seriously. No joke. Fucking good at hit water if they fall out of a fucking boat. All right, guys, from all of us here at ES3, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. If you got a friend who likes sports and doesn't mind a lot of swearing, please refer to them as well. From all of us here at ES3, we want to thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you soon. Peace.